Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of We Speak Dispatch, and we definitely do. So today, we have our usual suspects in position to join us today. We got uh, Joe over there, John over there, and Leslie over there. You guys all ready to go today? We I'm are. Ready. I'm so we excited that uh, we're doing another episode. It makes me very happy to do this kind of stuff. I, I'm in my kitchen today, so I was just whipping up some stuff. No, I really wasn't. I don't, no. I don't <laughs> I don't cook. We got some conversation. That's yeah. exactly what we're doing right now with all y'all out there. So, all right. So let me start it off by just telling you that uh, at the end of last year, I saw this great documentary, short, uh, won some awards on HBO. It's somewhere you can find it on HBO, but it was called Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops. Mm -hmm. And it really explored the critical job that our responders have dealing with like emotionally disturbed people and uh, those kinds of folks out there. And it really talked about the fact that this is one statement they said in the movie that really stuck with me. It said that it's common to have law enforcement personnel spend over 80 hours plus mm. learning how to shoot properly, follow policies, and of course the shoot, don't shoot scenarios. But those same law enforcement agencies will spend only about eight hours on dealing with people that are in crisis or those kinds of situations that they have to deal with all the time. And it got me thinking what do our folks get prepared for? Because I will tell you that I think our job is extremely stress-filled and the long-term trauma exposure that people get, and we just don't acknowledge it. And back when I started, it was such a, nobody talked about it. It was just nothing. Mm -hmm. But what are new people getting from your guys' places right now to prepare them for this thing? And what about the people that have been on for a while? How do you get them into this thing? Not just a peer support team, but how do you get everybody aware of this situation out there who wants to go first <laughs> joe does okay i'll go first i guess <laughs> first unless, one who... unless leslie or john want to take no the go ahead I want no. to... okay uh there's a couple ways we get everybody involved and this is one of the things where i'm really proud of the agency that i work at is we've done a few things with a crisis intervention team and we've also done a few other things where the police department that I work at has made it mandatory for all employees uh, to go through uh, training for crisis intervention and mental health. Wow. And uh, it's been a great thing. And then we also do our own in-service training for our dispatchers. And uh, we put together the agenda and I'm able to reach out to the liaisons for canine unit, mental health, fire people, whatever topic that comes up. And they've also joined us as well as a, during our own in-service uh, classes. So right. I'm, I got to give a shout out to our agency. The, they definitely have this on the forefront and they're making sure that they train not only the officers, but the dispatchers, records, clerks that okay. could be dealing with somebody that walks in and anybody else. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. So is that on a regular basis you guys do that? Yeah, it's kind of new, but the training for in-service classes is not new. We try to do it twice a year, but it probably averages out to be about once a year based on scheduling and everything else. We train okay. for twice. No, way then, good. Yeah, and then the police department also mandatories it uh, once a year as well. So. Okay, cool. I'll have a follow-up for all of you in just a minute here. Leslie, did you want to go next? <laughs> sure. Um, I think we probably lag a little bit behind. Um, in that we don't have formalized training. I think one of the things that we're doing now and probably a lot of agencies are doing is just even talking about it mm -hmm. and, and being aware that it is something that we need to, to talk about and be open. Um, 
for the longest time, we had dispatchers who wanted to be a part of the crisis negotiations team and were told, no, no, that's sworn only, you know, that kind of thing. So we do have at my agency, as our officers do advanced officer training uh, four times a year, we have advanced quarterly training for our professional staff. And we have had some, uh, I guess, mental health topics discussed at that level. Um, but as far as anything formalized or regularly occurring, we, we, we don't have anything. Hmm. Okay. All right. John, what you guys got? Uh, I'm super proud of my agency. Uh, we, for initial folks, recruits, we dedicate a whole eight hour day just on suicidal callers. Mm -hmm. um, although with this world state of affairs right now, um, the volume has been decreased we can say that the type of call has not. We have seen a dramatic increase mm -hmm. in calls reporting either emotionally disturbed persons mm -hmm. and suicide threats. Mm -hmm. Suicide attempts are a little bit less common, but they're on the rise as well. So it's because it, we're, we're getting just a higher volume of these types of calls, it's important to actually train and focus training in that arena. Mm -hmm. uh, so for new call for new recruits, in, we have to dedicate a whole day just on suicidal callers. And then for ongoing training, we like Joe, there is a uh, hundred percent mandate that our dispatchers be CIT trained, which is mm -hmm. one eight-hour day mm -hmm. right right now that really follows the forty-hour um, law enforcement curriculum, which yeah. follows the Memphis model. Um, but it's tailored just for dispatch. And honestly, it, it's just a review of the basics, but mm -hmm. that's what's needed. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, I think it's great that people are doing a little bit more than that, but let me get a follow-up with each of you. So, okay, so we talk about how to handle these kinds of calls and we talk about the importance of handling a suicide this way and a critical incident that way and do all these things. What about when it's in-house? What about when it's, recognizing one of us are going through something. Do you have some sort of training that you do with that where you tell them like, these are things you should be looking out for and these are signs. And the reason I bring that up is because many years ago, many years ago, my department had a rash of suicides involving mostly officers, but we had a dispatcher do it too. And they made mandatory training for everybody on suicide, this eight hour class. And the class really only talked about like, you know, how to get mental health. It didn't tell us how to like recognize, hey, somebody's really going through something. We really need to address that issue. Mm -hmm. and, and when you're sitting next to somebody all day and you see them take a really tough call, what's the training that you guys are not training? Maybe, maybe just counseling or talking to each other, whatever it might be to prepare that person to say, Joe, are you okay? That call sounded really, really rough. Are you okay? What do you guys have? With that? Who wants to jump on that one? Well, for me, our agency is really gearing up and make mental health a priority of the dispatchers and the center personnel. So um, a lot of that kind of goes to the conversation uh, here recently y'all had regarding peer support. And right. We're getting our uh, agency trained in peer support with our law enforcement brothers and sisters and to get state certified. And part of that is um, teaching those individuals who are fewer, you know, they're scattered across the teams um, yeah. to recognize those things. I think in the meantime, though, it's because most of us are in close quarters or we sit near people. It's just listening out for the types of calls that people take. And right. as soon as they disconnect, kind of just do a check-in, say, hey, are you okay? 
Um, for high priority What's the most parents, common reaction though? It's, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it, it may be, or, or you just read the person and be like, yeah, yeah F-I-N-E really stands for something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Don't say what it is. Yeah. All right, who else go? Leslie, go ahead. Well, yeah, and, and this, it's interesting because this was a topic that I was talking to some other friends about earlier today in that there are, you know, APCO, Nina some of these organizations that represent dispatch, there actually are standards. Um, there is a NINA standard for wellness and dealing with acute stress, which up until earlier today, I had no idea that there was something out there. So the work's been done by some people who are, are actively involved in wellness and health and, and uh, making sure that that's a priority. Right. Uh, so using that as a springboard to start the conversation, um, is going to be helpful at my agency. We like, like probably all of you, because we're so used to working with the same people all the time. I think it's easier to recognize that, Hey, some, somebody's not acting like they normally act. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it's building that trust and that relationship with the people that you work with to, to be able to say, Hey, are you okay? And, and to have a response other than, yeah, I'm fine. Um, so it, I don't know, Doug, that, I mean, you use training. I, I don't know that necessarily we, we train to it, but we certainly talk about it, I guess, yeah. maybe. So I, I mean, of all of us have that sixth sense where we can kind of pick up a phone call when somebody's like, I'm like, you called 911, are you okay? And they're like, yeah. And you really know they're not, so you're answering mm -hmm. questions. But when you're sitting next to somebody who maybe going through something maybe outside of work, whatever it might be. And you say, Hey, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. I mean, do people feel comfortable enough to say, no, really? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think sometimes it's like we get the kind of, well, I asked them and they said they're okay. So whatever. I mean, yeah. what do you think, Joe? I think this is where we rely on our peer support team. I, and we talked about that uh, on the last episode a little bit as well, but we do have dispatchers represented on that team. And we do do a good we do a good job of communicating and um, reading about the calls for service that are major calls, and if they bring one to my attention some way, like hey, did you hear the day shift took this call, mm -hmm. and maybe I haven't heard about it? Well, the next day I know what I'm doing. I'm walking right. around the dispatch floor and just saying, hey, why don't you guys tell me about this call? And and a lot of times they just like hearing and being able to tell their story. And then I'll just ask, does anybody need anything? You guys all doing okay? Mm -hmm. And if I get any vibes um, otherwise, I would refer them to um, a leader of the peer support team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also, I think most agencies have uh, EAP programs uh, mm -hmm. as well. That and, and I know that uh, the agency I worked for, we had EAP and MHN, Mental Health Network. Mm -hmm. And we spent training days telling people how to access it, not just, hey, we have it. Right. We showed them how to actually get onto the website, how to actually ask for assistance out there. And it's totally confidential. You don't even put your name, you can put a phony name on there, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, we just showed them exactly how to reach each one of these things. And that was right, right before I retired. We just talked about it. That's the first time I think we've actually showed people step by step by step how to access that kind of thing. It we kind have of reminds you, go ahead. Uh, we have uh, a program at our agency. It's called the War Room, W-A-R, and it stands for Wellness and Resilience. And once a quarter, and the email goes out to all employees, um, you know, on this particular date and time, and it's usually from eight in the morning until eight o'clock at night, uh, there will be a 
counselor from our critical incident response team. And sometimes, and, and they're introducing this now, they're also including a chaplain through our chaplain program. Wow. So it's, you can go into the war room and stay as short as 15 minutes or as long as 45 minutes and go in, shut the door and, and have a conversation with somebody on site at the police department. And at first I thought, mm, nobody's, nobody's going to do that. And it has been incredibly well received on yeah, both the, uh, on the, the therapist side as well as the chaplain side. So there's a, a faith-based component as well. That's, and that was, and I know when I started. I'm sorry, John? And dispatchers are using it. When you say it's well-received, is it well-received by law enforcement? Or everybody, dispatch? everybody in the department. And it, from, you know, the cadet all the way up to the chief of police. So it so, sounds like it's like a college office hours kind of thing. That's what it, it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's kind of tucked away in, in a room that's, that's not well, uh, you know, traveled. So it's not like people are going to be, oh, did you see who went into the war room? Yeah. But it is something that um, they've really, and I think it goes back to Doug and, and this topic, just the fact that we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Making it a common topic that's okay to speak about it. For the longest time, and we're all old enough to remember, you didn't talk about that stuff. Nope. And now just... The fact that you can mention it and not people go, please. But I, think but I will tell you, that still happens. Um, oh, sure. yeah. I, agree. I, I, agree. I had a pretty serious call before I left and retired. And I know that I was talked to by one of the higher ups who was like, why are you upset about it? it it's okay. Right. Whatever. And I was kind of like, but you don't understand how it's impacting me. I mean, right. I am different than you and it's just it impacts us differently so mm -hmm. it's, this kind of reminds me of did you guys see the news where the dispatcher passed away at work at a workstation oh yeah i yeah. saw that posted by several ago. different people yeah it's all over facebook and it was, we sent a card it's mm -hmm. just awful and i'm thinking to myself how are we prepared at our agencies for this stuff i mean yeah. if that happens at our office we still have calls coming in and we still have officers to dispatch how do we prepare ourselves to say, look, if we have an emergency in-house, we've got to do something out there. I mean, does anybody ever talk about that at training days? Uh, not yet. I have not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. Maybe this uh, on Joe's next training day. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, that's, and that's kind of what, what this is all about with We Speak Dispatch, is we want to get the conversation yeah. out there. And I want everybody listening to this to go, do we talk about it? No? Yeah. Maybe, Maybe we yeah. should. Doug, well, I'd like and, to just and, add one thing here quick. Sure is something that I'm really proud of uh, my own staff for doing because they do this um, without uh, asking for funding, without asking for recognition. Our agency, uh, during major things that we get wind of, uh, the dispatchers get together and send signed cards. They've sent mm -hmm. signed thin oh. gold line flags oh. to the agency uh, and they've done it several times and been featured on other people's Facebook page. So I, anybody that's listened, I would challenge the thin gold line to be there for each other and think outside your walls. Because yeah. if we come together and unite as a group of mm -hmm. uh, thin gold line people, uh, the stuff that we'll be able to do by paying it forward to others will just be incredible. Because for my oh, yeah. agency alone, I'm super proud of them. And when they get a thank you note back for doing what they've done or somebody's mm -hmm. posted on their Facebook saying, we received this, it's... And um, that agency, 
it's it's amazing because I know we've done the same thing. And when you send a card to another state, mm -hmm. and then they're looking at, it, they're like, "Holy cow!" And I've been to these other comp centers where they've got our card, and it's yeah. up on the wall, and I'm like, "Damn, that's cool." I mean, they actually like that kind of stuff. All right, so let me ask you a little bit about. It's up there for a huge like years on end. They exactly. never yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. How about how about this one? So let's say one of your employees handles a very difficult call, whatever it might be for your world. Mm -hmm. Very difficult. Now, I know a lot of times when somebody does something good, we give them a, a little award or some kind of certificate or some kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What do you do for somebody that's had a really difficult call? What's your action with that person? I just threw it all on the table. <laughs> yeah, check in with them. Fortunately, in our city, we're a large center. So right. when certain um, events are entered, it generates a notification in the CAD system that certain terminals that are supervisory in nature get notified of just the initial event entry. Yeah. Um, so it kind of also raises your awareness to see, okay, that was entered. Who took it? Where are they sitting? Um, right. Do I need to monitor it just without barging in just yeah. to hear how it's going? And number two, wait for them to be, be off the phone and then just go up and check on them. Right. Uh, just like a peer would kind of thing. Mm -hmm. now, well, it's well, not a priority call. That we had a, we had a really, this is many years ago, we had a really serious shooting. One of our officers was involved in a shooting. He was shot, not killed, but shot, he shot the suspect. It was a really nasty thing. I was on the radio. When it was over and a day or two later, they gave me this commendable saying, what a great job I did. And I felt really weird about getting it uh -huh. because people died. And I'm right. like, it just made me feel very uncomfortable about that kind of thing. So, so what do you guys do now, now Joe, what, what goes on in your center when somebody handles something tough? Yeah, it depends on what it is. And the, I would say the dispatchers, at least that, that have, I've verbally spoken with have some of those same feelings that you do, Doug, that if it's yeah. a traumatic thing, uh, talk about it in house, but they uh, sometimes struggle with being recognized when mm -hmm. the outcome isn't a positive one. Yeah. And I think you need to talk to your people and find out about it because dispatchers in general are not recognized enough. Right. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's a, it's a fine line, but uh, you want to make sure the recognition you're given uh, wants to be received as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. It's a, it's a Leslie, what discussion. do you got? Well, and, and I, I guess I would counter and we do something similar to both, both uh, all, all three of your situations, but Yes. One of the things that I mentioned to at all of our agencies is don't forget that obviously a big, you know, mass casualty event or a shooting or something where someone is injured or killed is going to be traumatic. But think about that, that dispatcher whose grandmother just had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And then the next time they answer that stroke call, whether they are processing it themselves or transferring it to the secondary PSAP, that that's going to have a trigger. And so it's not always the big events that we've got to be mindful of. Sometimes sure. it's, hey, that child was the same age as the son or daughter they have at home, or hey, that is very similar to their own life experience. And, and I think it, you know, and I think all of this goes back to, we have a responsibility, whether you're a line level, a supervisor, manager, director, whoever you are, to build relationships with your employees and be able to go up and say, hey, that sounded really hard. How can I help you? And, yeah. and sometimes it's because if we say, are you okay? They're going to say, yeah, I'm fine. Um, yeah. How can I help? How can I help you? 
is there anything I can do for you? And maybe that just changing the, the question up a little bit might yeah. generate a different response. Sometimes it's just, it's funny because I've seen it where sometimes people just do some awkward things. They'll go buy them a Starbucks and it's like, it's nice. Thank you. But I just handled something really horrible. I'm right. like, and I'm like, I don't know if necessarily buying them food is the best idea for that. But right. so let me, let me end this thing. We only got a few more minutes left, but let me end this thing on a good note. So we talked about bad things. Mm -hmm. So when somebody does something really awesome at your place, I have seen so many cool things out there lately. Uh, I've seen some agencies that really just, they are freaking on it. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys do to honor like good dispatch? Somebody who really rocked the house this week. What do you guys do? Yeah. It depends on what it is. And uh, I try to send them an email and tell them good job. And I try to follow up with them in person, but I'm, mm -hmm. I do not do a good enough job at seeing my midnight shift. I, that is a failure on my behalf. Yeah. Uh, I got to make sure that's <laughs> that jinx. I just don't do very good <laughs> at it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also put them in and our uh, law enforcement agency allows us to participate in the annual awards for life-saving awards, commendatory awards. Our mm -hmm. fire department recently recognized us as an agency that helps them fulfill their mission. Mm -hmm. And they wow, gave that's a, nice. A, wow. Yeah, they gave us an award for the whole department. Yeah. And then we also obviously wow. celebrate certain things like Telecommunicator Week and do everything else that they do. But sure. the dispatchers are eligible for all awards uh, from both. And we've got a really supportive system. So that's awesome. That's that's awesome. awesome. How that's about you, Leslie? Awesome. What do you guys do? We have a brag board. So if there is a supervisor log or some type of formal recognition in written form, um, it goes up on the brag board or uh, employees can nominate or just put up a little note themselves. So if it does happen, like Joe's talking about at three o'clock in the morning when you're not there, they still have that opportunity to publicly recognize them. We also have department awards that uh, similar to Joe's, so you can get the special ribbons, the unit citations and all of that stuff. Um, so that brag board though, does it get used regularly? Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and I make it a point, Joe, like you, I, I have to be, and it's again, it's something on me, I have to be mindful of recognizing great work because great work happens every day. And Absolutely. so sometimes I, I take it for granted so when somebody does something above and beyond, I, I try to make sure that I acknowledge it publicly for, for everybody to, to see. All right. Awesome. All right. John, in our remaining minutes, what do you guys do? Uh, we have a formal awards program, just like the others. Uh, we can nominate in-house. Uh, a lot of people in our world just are shy and like just behind the scenes. So a lot of things <laughs> are done on a squad level, just in like a shift briefing kind of thing. And, that, and that's sufficient. Um, but we also participate in uh, when the fire department gets together with patients of life-saving awards. They have now included dispatch to come to the fire station oh, wow. and be part of that chain because we were part of that chain of survival. Right. And then one thing I'm big part in the training section is when really good calls come across, I am in contact with the QA division and say, hey, when you discover good calls or people sure. come to me and say, hey, I really took this call. Yeah. Then I'll listen to it and then make an audio CD for internal training purposes and then let the person know. Sweet. Right. That's good stuff. I mean, I think that we just, we all need to keep doing the good stuff out there. So my message is to the folks that are listening right now, how do you celebrate the good stuff? 
how do you celebrate or maybe not celebrate, but how do you acknowledge somebody had a difficult call or a difficult situation or whatever it might be? What do you do? Leave your comments in the in below here so we can talk to you about these things. Send an email. Maybe you want some information about how Leslie's plan works or John's plan works or Joe's plan works. And maybe they will send you and help you with setting up some program. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anything in place, we're all willing to share. And it's all about networking with each everybody, with everybody. So make sure you, you drop us a line. Let us know what's going on with that. I definitely appreciate our crew that was here today. Thank you very much, everybody. You did a great job. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night everybody. Bye.